Hello, this is Elisel Rodriguez, and this is God of Christ podcast. My name is Elisel Rodriguez, and um, today we're just going to have a little chat about uh, Trinitarianism and um, what I'm kind of been thinking about here lately. The um, For the Trinitarian who doesn't know exactly what Arianism is or why we believe what we believe, um, please understand that it's not because we want to be really negative to you or try to be contradictory or trying to be malicious or just vindictive or just, you know, just trying to start an argument with you. Um, a lot of us were Trinitarians before, like I was. I was a Trinitarian or at least where I came from was a Trinitarian church that believed the Trinity um, really didn't teach the Trinity that much, but it was part of that situation. And so um, it's not something that we don't, uh, you know, that some of us come from that background and we're not trying to just start arguments or start problems it's just a revelation that we got from God that we feel is, is important enough to, to say something about. And so, um, so to the Trinitarian, I just want you to know that we, we honestly care about you, which is one of the reasons why we want to tell you why the Trinity is not possibly true. And, we want you to look and reflect on the things that we're saying honestly. Um, and I can tell you from my experience, you know, when, when, when I was going through uh, all of my teachings and getting lessons um, and, and going through the Bible with uh, pastors and, and friends of mine, we did Bible studies. I always came across, and I'm just going to try to tell you exactly what was affecting me as I always came across these scriptures where you know, it talked about God and it talked about Jesus as a separate, you know, entity or a separate, like they're not the Trinity, which is kind of, you know, I don't know. It just, it's, it's what made me or affected me negatively or, you know, or, or just started to affect me. And so when we look at the beginning of these scriptures, like the book, you know, the books of Paul, when he opens up the books, he, he says, you know, God and Jesus and this and that. And you, you kind of kind of wonder, why is he not saying, you know, Trinity? Why doesn't he never say Trinity? Why doesn't he say, um, why didn't he mention the Trinity? What's going on there? And, um, and just how unusual it is. Like, here's a scripture for you. First Corinthians chapter eight, six says, yet for us, there is but one God, the father. So he's saying that our one God is the father. And that's kind of should make you wonder why is he not talking about the Trinity at this point? Why is he not telling us about the Trinity? This is a perfect opportunity for Paul to say something about this, and he doesn't. And so it's, it's, it affects me when I read that or when I read that before. And I just kind of saying, what, what's the deal with this? And so it says, but for us, uh, yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things and we exist. For him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. Now, I understand where you say, well, look, all things are by Christ, so therefore it's it's not a normal, usual thing to say that all things came through Jesus as well. I understand that from a Trinitarian perspective, you're saying, hey, don't ignore this part. And I'm not ignoring that part. I understand that Jesus is really important. And that there's a lot of things that are going on here that that put Jesus at the very beginning. And that there's a lot of 
He's a pivotal, important, foundational part of our creation. But it still says that the Father is our one God. And so it's still there, you know, regardless of the fact that all things are by Christ. doesn't matter. It's still saying, Paul is still saying, there's one God who is the Father, that, that the Father is the one God of the church. And so <clears throat> I understand the other reasons in this text that kind of help the Trinitarian to say, oh, no, 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 I'm going to ease my mind, even though it says that the one God is the Father. I'm eased because I, I read that all things are through Christ too, so that he can't be just a nobody. And that's true. He's not just a nobody. And he's at the beginning, and there's a lot there. But it also says that he's not the God of the church. And so when we're reading this, we need to see all of it through. You know, it, he, Paul, in his mind, is able to separate for some reason, and it's a, you know, it's a question you have to ask yourself. Why is Paul saying that the one God is the Father? And we can't assume that in this scripture he's saying, and Jesus too, right? And Jesus is also the one God. It's not that way. It's, there's one God, the Father, from whom all things exist. And we, you know, all things come through the Father, and we exist for Him. And then it talks about Jesus, by whom are all things, and we exist through Him. So, it's still different. It's still different. It's it's not saying um, that Jesus is also part of the one God in this, in this text. And so, that bothered me. And then all of the, you know, the beginnings of all of his books, um, we start to read. And it just becomes a trend that you can't ignore, really. Um, if, if you want to ignore it, I, I guess you can. But let's look at Romans. Romans, uh, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets, and so you see here where it's it, it talks about the gospel of God and the bondservant of Jesus. He's not saying that they're one and the same. Um, and so it's it's important. There's a he's separating them, and it's kind of like why why are you separating them if they're the same? You know, the one and the same. And um, let's see here. Um,
Hello, this is Elisa Rodriguez, and this is God of Christ podcast. Today, I want to just make a little discussion, kind of uh, just talking about some of the issues that I have as when I was a Trinitarian and just kind of trying to reach out to Trinitarians and say, hey, look, this is, you know, the reason why we don't believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, and I came from a background where the, the churches that I came from, that I was, you know, baptized in and I started, you know, was told the gospel and all of that, they were all Trinitarian. And it was over time, me studying the word and seeing things that really started affecting me and telling me that there's some other situation going on. It's not that, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity sounded weird to me. It never sounded, it never sounded like it was true. It sounded like it was reaching and no one could, no one could describe it correctly. It was always, you know, it's, it's a mystery and you're never going to understand it. And the more you try to understand it, the less you will and all this other stuff. It just, it just didn't make no sense to me. And one scripture that comes out at me more than anything else. One scripture that kind of gave me the, was just too much to overcome. And I think it was a tipping point scripture for me, um, was Revelations chapter three, verse 12. And the reason that this, and really a lot of revelations, but a revelation I always say revelations for some reason. Um, but this scripture, it says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is the Messiah talking. This is Jesus. And so Jesus says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. So Jesus is saying, I have a God. And my God's temple I will make that person who overcomes a pillar in the temple of my God. So it's not my temple. Jesus is not saying my temple. He's saying the temple of my God. And so he's saying that he has a God. And then it says, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God. So not only is the name of his God not his name, He's not saying my name. I'm not going to give you my name. He's saying I'm going to give you that I'm going to write on him the name of my God. And then he says, and the name of the city of my God. So now he's saying for a third time in one scripture that he has a God. And then lastly, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes out of heaven from my God and my new name. So, he said the name of God, and now he's saying about his own name. And he's not saying that it's the same name. He's not saying that it's that they're the same one and the same. And so, you know, being a Trinitarian, and or, or at least growing up as a Trinitarian, and reading the scripture, it's just, how can I say that Jesus is God if he has a God? It's... He says it four times in this one scripture, in this one verse. He says it four times. He has a God. My God, he says, my God, my God, my God. And at some point, you know, you got to think, if God is saying that he, and this is in heaven, this is not, this is not on earth, this is not, you know, the, the, all the excuses about he's in his human form or he's in his whatever. This is not that. This is in heaven. This is, you know, there, you know, not, you know, the excuses that everyone gives about him being in his human, you know, in his, on earth and, and, and all of that. He's not there on earth. He's in heaven when he's saying this, and he's still talking about his God in heaven. And so it's got to blow your mind as a Trinitarian. I mean, you know, 
for anyone who's a Trinitarian listening to this, it's got to blow your mind that your God, your almighty God, the person who you believe is God almighty, 100%, is saying that he has a God. And so in your, from your perspective, you know, God almighty is telling you that he has a God that should be concerning to you. It should say, Hey, wait a minute. Why is my God talking about some other God? Why is my almighty God talking about some other God? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's got to, you got to ponder on that. How is your almighty God, the supreme highest being, saying that he has a God four times in heaven? How is that possible? In your mind, how are you going to rationalize that? Because he's not saying, you know, I'm part of God. He's not saying that. He's saying that God is someone else. So that should give you pause and say, why? Why is he saying that he has a God if he's almighty God? Because that technically means that he, that there's a higher God above your God almighty. Think about that for a second. That means that your almighty has a God over him. Technically, I mean, if you want to assume that he's saying, I mean, I don't know what you're going to assume. This is why I had a problem with the scripture, because I can't say that he's talking about the Trinity. He can't be talking about the Trinity because he's part of the Trinity and he's not involving himself in this. And so, you know, when he's talking about God, he's not talking about himself. He's not including himself in the situation. And so it's an honest, you know, you know, this belief system that's, that's, that's Arian. It's an honest look at the scriptures and it's finding this anomaly. This is just one anomaly. There's a lot of other ones and you're trying to fit it into your doctrine, right? You're going to try to fit it into your doctrine. And when you see this kind of verse, you, you don't, I didn't right away just say, okay, I'm not a Trinitarian anymore. I just said, that is strange. That's weird. Why would he say that? And not think about it any further and move on with my life and read these other scriptures and see the, the, you know, that's one thing that you can possibly ignore. And then you go to another one, right? Like Revelations chapter one it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. Amazing. I thought Jesus was God, but apparently God gave him something. That's not the Trinity giving him something because he's part of the Trinity. So the concept of the Trinity is being affected here. It's like the Trinity doesn't work here because you can't say that God is just the Father and the Holy Spirit without Jesus, because then there's not a trinity. It's abinity, and it doesn't involve Jesus. So for it to be a trinity, whenever it says God, it needs to be talking about a trinity. And so the revelation of Jesus Christ, which the trinity, I'm not saying that that's what it says, but for a Trinitarian, it's, you know, it says God, but then it should mean to a Trinitarian the trinity. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which... God, which would be a trinity, gave him. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. So then it goes on, says, to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place, he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ are two different things. Even to all that he saw. And let's see here. It says, and from 
So, and from Jesus Christ, this is verse 5 of, of Revelation chapter 1. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. So here we go, talking about Jesus and what he's done for us and where he's placed us and what he's done and where he's placing us to be priests of to his God, priests to his God and Father. And so now it's isolating who the God is that we're talking about. It's not it's not calling the Holy Spirit God. It's not calling Jesus God. It's only calling the Father God. And so scriptures like that, I read it and I and I just I look at it and it just doesn't fit in the Trinity mold. It's just like, wait a minute, that's not it's not calling the Father, it's not calling the Holy Spirit part of the God that they're talking about. It's not talking about Jesus. It's saying that only God the Father is identified as the one who is his God and that he has a God. So Jesus has a God. He is not the God that they're talking about. And the God that they are talking about is not involving the Holy Spirit. It's just the Father. Okay? And we understand all of the other verses that talk about Jesus, you know, that all things came through Jesus and all of this. He was in the beginning with God. All of that is understood. We understand that. But it's still not calling Jesus the God here. Now, we understand that Jesus is called God in other places, and we can talk about that. But I'm just telling you, as, as a Trinitarian, these verses really bothered me because it's talking about something else. It's saying something different. Uh, than than what I'm normally uh, that as a Trinitarian I would be normally used to. So going back one book from where we're at, the letter of Jude. It says Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called and beloved, uh, who who are the called beloved in God the Father and are kept for Jesus Christ. Here, God the Father and Jesus Christ. So God. Who who does Jude say is God? The Father. Not Jesus. Not the Holy Spirit. It's the Father. <laughs> Why? Why, if it's Trinity, do, do, are, are they not mentioning the Trinity? And whenever they talk about the Father uh, or the God, they're talking about the Father. Consistently. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that should, that, that would bother me, right? It's just something that it, it just, every time I read it, it just would change. It would just be another blow to my theology because I'm seeing it. So second letter of John, verse three, grace, mercy, and peace with, uh, will be with us from God, the father. And from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. He's called the Son of God. That Let's just talk about this for a second. Just the comment of being called the Son of God is anti-Trinitarian. Let's just get that out there right quick. If you're called Son of God, and God is a Trinity, and Jesus is the Son of the Trinity... You've got big problems in your theology. Whenever they say Jesus is the Son of God, who is that God? Because it can't involve Jesus. Otherwise, he's son of himself, literally. He is his own son. Can't be. Cannot be. So when it says he's the Son of God, is it saying that he's the Son of the Trinity? I don't think so. So here it, it clarifies. It says in verse 3 of the second book of John, it says, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. It tells you who God is there. Who's God? According to John. 
in this book of John, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of the Father, not the Son of the Holy Spirit, not the Son of Jesus and on himself. It's just, who's the concept here of God? Who is it? It's just the Father, again, amazingly. And it's like, what's what's going on? As a Trinitarian, I'm like, it's not saying Trinity. It's not even affirming Trinity. So, we go to verse, uh, John chapter 1, verse uh, John chapter, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 20. And it says, And we know that the Son of God has come, and Son of God still has to be explained by the Trinity. Son of God means the Son of the Trinity. So there's a problem there. So, And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and that we are in him who is true, in his son Jesus Christ. Right? So, in his son Jesus Christ, whose son? The son of him who is true. Who's the son of him who is true? It's the, the father is who is true. It talked about him being the son of God. This is the true God and eternal life. A lot of people get that wrong. But, it's the son of the of God. And, and the person who's being the true, who's him who is true is the is, is God. And we know that the Son of God has come and we have and we ha, and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. So Jesus came so that we may know the Father, right? That's what he said. He came to reveal to us the Father, that he his words are not his own words, they're the words of his father. And he came to reestablish our relationship with the Father. So when you read this, and it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true. So Jesus has come and given us understanding that we may know him who is true. So that we may know his Father. And we are in him who is true. We are in the Father. In his Son, Jesus Christ. So, so when it says in his Son, it's not talking about Jesus. Because Jesus is not his own Son. Do you see that? If it was talking about Jesus as him who is true, it would be talking about Jesus as being his own son. Totally not right. But it's it's amazing because it keeps happening. And it's, you know, what do you do about it? It says... Um, Let's see here. First, Second uh, Peter chapter 1. To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, it's separating them. But you, if you want to read it incorrectly, you'll think that they're saying that our God is Jesus Christ, right? To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's say we give you that. But then the next verse says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So then it separates them. If you're, if you're assuming that it's calling Jesus our God and Savior, Okay, in verse 1. In verse 2, it's talking about another God. It's talking about knowledge of God and of Jesus. There's two different knowledges, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus. In verse 2, so it's not the same person, even if it calls Jesus God in this first verse. And it's like, you got to think about it. Why do they do that? Now, when they talk about Jesus as God, let me just explain that to you for, from our perspective. Or maybe we could just keep on this on this trajectory. Um, I'll get to that later. I think that's probably easier. 
if we just continue looking at these first, you know, the openings of the, all of these books, you're not going to find one. I challenge you as a, you know, you Trinitarians, I challenge you to go through the Bible, the New Testament. And when you go through the New Testament, see where it talks about the Trinity. Tell me how often, or tell yourself how often, does it separate God from Jesus? How many times does that happen? In the beginning and in the endings of books. And just ask yourself, why in the world do they do that? Why? If they're teaching the Trinity, why do that? It's an honest and very important question. A question that I had to ask. A question that a lot of people asked. And a lot of people who were Trinitarian had to step back and say, look, this is too unusual. So I'm going to give you one more verse here. Well, actually, I can give you another one after this, but so John 17, 3, for you Trinitarians, it says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have said. Jesus is speaking and he's saying, this is eternal life. This is what gives eternal life, that they may know you. The only true God. So Jesus is saying that someone else other than himself is the only true God. Now, you can have these James White arguments about what that means, right? But if you're not taking it for what it really says, it doesn't matter. What other, you know, no other scriptures are going to erase the truth of what's being said here. What's being said here is you, someone else. Jesus is saying you. Notice he's not saying we. He's saying you are the only true God, whoever he's talking to. And he's talking to the Father in prayer. He's saying, you are the only true God. So only means the only one. There's no one else that can be added to this idea. Who's God? Well, only means there's only one person involved in this. So it's, it's, it's important for you to, to look at this and you know, there's there's probably a lot of excuses that Trinitarians give each other over why this is said. But, in all honesty, I don't think that there's a good enough argument to make you ignore that Jesus is saying that someone else only is the true God. I mean, this is literal words that Jesus is saying. So there's not, there shouldn't be, in my opinion, a lot of scripture out there that can can contradict what Jesus is saying. Okay, so we need to remember who we're talking about here. Jesus is talking, and so this is coming out of his mouth. And so this is something that you're not going to want to ignore. When you hear it, you're like, okay, this is Jesus speaking, so this carries a lot more weight than some obscure verse or some hokey explanation. So if Jesus is saying that someone else is the only true God and the concept of the Trinity is true, right? Then Jesus being the spokesman of the Trinity is saying that there is someone else who is the only true God besides the Trinity. And that person is who he's talking to. Okay, because if Jesus is almighty God, then your almighty God is once again talking about someone else who is really and truly the only true God and not the Trinity. You have to look at this in your perspective, in your belief system. The Trinity and the spokesman of the Trinity, which would be Jesus, is saying 
according to the Trinity, that someone else is uh, God, truly. And that no one else, in addition to this person, or this one, is going to be God. This is a concept. This is the only concept that we have. And so, I want you to look at that and say, why in the world would Jesus say that? That's doesn't make sense. Why are all these apostles talking about the Father as being only God and not this Trinity concept? Why is Jesus in the book of Revelation saying that he has a God four times in one single solitary verse? Why does the beginning of Revelation say that God gave Jesus this revelation when Jesus would be God. How is that happening? You know, there's there's verses in Revelation where Jesus or the Lamb goes to the one who sits on the throne to get the scroll. I mean, there's only one who sits on the throne, and they're all one, but the Lamb isn't considered that. Why is there only one sitting on the throne? And if there's only one sitting on the throne and it's the Trinity, then how is the Lamb, who is Jesus, who is part of the Trinity, walking up to the Trinity and grabbing a scroll from the Trinity, whom he's a member of? Doesn't make sense. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6 says, We have one God, the Father. Amazing. These are things that you're going to have to go through. And, and and so when you when you read this New Testament, look at it through another perspective and just ask yourself. Not trying to be critical of the Trinity, not trying to damage your view. But if you're going to read the Bible, you need to read it for what it says and ask good questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. But if the apostles and Jesus himself and everybody in the New Testament is saying that Jesus has a God, that Jesus, that, that Jesus and God and God is the, you know, they're not the same. The concept of who God is in the New Testament is not Jesus. Jesus is called God and and. You know, maybe later on we can we can talk about that, but I, I kind of don't want to touch that because I want you to ask questions. So I challenge you, Trinitarians, to go out and look for and find the Trinity ever being spoken of. I can tell you that there's a place where the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are mentioned. But find them. And, and when you don't find the Trinity, what do you find? Do you find them being described differently? Do you find Jesus being held away from the concept of God in their own minds? And maybe sometimes he is called God. And maybe sometimes he's not called God. But more consistently, and maybe one of these days... When I get enough feedback and enough questions, I can answer why Jesus is called God. But for now, look it up. Show me where the Trinity is and ask yourself, why does this happen? Why does this happen? There has to be an answer. And if you're a Trinitarian, you have to have an answer. Because this is my challenge to you. This is my challenge to you. The Bible that you believe is a Trinity book. Why don't you show me where they talk about the Trinity in the New Testament? Why, and answer me, why the openings of all these books show the Father and the Son separate? And I challenge you another thing, to read whenever you read the word God, to insert the word Trinity there and see how that works in your concept. Because if you're a Trinitarian and you say that God is a Trinity, anytime you read the word God, you should be able to insert the word Trinity. 
and see what that does to your theology because you have to get a grasp of what you're really saying. And 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 you want to see, you know, that the Bible is agreeing with you. If the Bible is agreeing with you, if you're if your Trinity is so true, then you shouldn't have a problem. When you read the word God in the New Testament, see how the word Trinity works there, because that's what you're saying it is. That's what you believe it's what it means. So when you read the word Trinity in there, see how it fits. Does it fit? Does it work? And and that's a good exercise because maybe it does. And I don't know what I'm talking about. But the only way for you to know as a Trinitarian is to try it. And then when you have more questions, if you have more questions, or maybe you don't have any questions and you're happy with the way things happen. But if not, come to our group, Facebook group, um, God of Christ group on Facebook and ask questions. And there's a lot of competent people there that will give you some answers. But that's my challenge to Trinitarians. I hope you guys have a great week. Be blessed. Bye.
The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.